This, this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Kelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Hello. Just uh, coming from my 50th holiday uh, get-together right here at WABC. Beautiful food, all kinds of Christmas celebrations going on. Thank you very, very much. It helps when the boss runs a a chain of grocery stores in addition to all of his other ventures and interests. Of course, the great Gristides and, uh, oh, boy, do they have great people and great food. De Blasio is wearing a black T-shirt sitting at the podium. What's going on? Who cares? He's gone. He's history. It is disappointing, though. Already, I'm disappointed. Um, Eric Adams has appointed the new police commissioner. Her name is uh, her last name is Sewell. I'm not quite sure of her first name. Seems like a perfectly nice woman, and in maybe ten or fifteen years, she could possibly be considered eligible for. The job of commissioner of the largest police department, I believe, in the world. But she's not there yet. Eric Adams picked a black woman because she's a black woman. He said he would do it, and that's what he did. You put yourself in a terrible box when you say you're going to pick uh, a person based on their gender, based on their race. Just ask Joe Biden. <laughs> he he found himself in a similar box of his own making, and um, that gave us Kamala Harris. I wish Commissioner Sewell all the best. Uh, she's, let's see, 49 years old. She lives in Valley Stream, which is, uh, let me check, on Long Island, uh, not in the city. But they're making a big deal that she grew up in Queens and uh, a very big deal that her dad was a Marine. I'm sure she's a good cop. She's uh, the chief of detectives in Nassau County. That's great. It's got a couple of hundred uh, detectives under her. All right. New York City has 54,000 officers and staff, 54,000. Um, this is a huge, huge administrative job, political, administrative, law enforcement. This is a complex position, and they gave it to somebody. By the way, I think they offered it to like three people who may have turned it down. And uh, again, I don't know. It's really – it's it's disrespectful to her actually um i don't think you're supposed to do this this is not the american way uh then again this is how eric adams became mayor uh the white press corps decided to pick on andrew yang because they felt comfortable doing that pick on the asian guy but they weren't going to mess with the black guy no 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 not after uh the summer of black lives matter and all that stuff you think uh this is too base you think that this is not what happened? It's what happened. It's what happened. So uh, Commissioner Sewell, uh, good luck to her. I don't know if we're going to see much of her or what. Uh, I don't know anything about her education. I saw these profiles and it just said, uh, you know, she was mentored by this one and uh, she showed such promise. No, no. I'm not comfortable with this. It's a sign of things to come, not only here in New York, but nationwide and corporations and schools and uh, the civil service now. It's not your experience. It's not your character. It's not your ability. It's what's between your legs or what's not between your legs. It's the color of your skin. It's your ethnicity. It's all that crap. 
that we were told until eight minutes ago did not matter. In America, it was about you, the person. Once again, uh, Martin Luther King, beautiful, beautiful sentiment, wanted, he had a big dream that his children would be judged not on the color of their skin, but on the content of their character. Well, keep dreaming. I'm sorry, but we're not there yet, and it's not going to happen. Well, some of us are already there and have already been there. That's basically most of the American people. We're comfortable in our own skin, and we're comfortable with the skin of others, whatever color it is. We don't pay it too much mind. But the woke left, that's all they do. It's all they think about. And the worst when it comes to this stuff happens to be white liberals. And they're so smug. Oh, pointing to themselves and saying, well, look, what do I know? I'm just a white guy. You know who says that? Rich, powerful white guys. Guys like Matthew Dowd. You know who he is? He ran uh, Bush's campaign in 2004. He was a fake news favorite over there on ABC. He's actually running for governor, I believe, in Texas. Lieutenant governor, I should say. And he said, yeah, as a white man, it's our responsibility to shut up and sit down and take a back seat because we need people of color to start. They, they, they need the limelight. What the hell kind of perverted? You think that the only – what are you saying about people of color? And what are you saying about yourself, that you're so big, you're so important, and we're looking at you because you're – it's just an insane di- uh, conversation that's happening in America to avoid, of course, an important consequential one. And uh, ooh, speaking of consequential, they have proven for the 50th time that the Wuhan uh, coronavirus was born in that lab. That laboratory, not in the wet market, not from some uh, uh, some suspicious soup that they let out too long. It was engineered by Chinese scientists. Everything points to that. And a major expert from MIT and Harvard today briefed uh, the parliament in England. And it's just they said there's really no possibility that this came from anywhere else but the laboratory, but the Wuhan lab. They asked Joe Biden about it this morning. Did you see that? Do we have it? <laughs> Mr. President, it looks like this came from the Wuhan lab. New evidence suggests and seems to confirm that it came from the Wuhan lab. Uh, a million people have died. What do you have to say to the Chinese leadership? You know what he did? He smiled. He laughed. And he walked away. And then he took another question. Uh, sir, it, it looks like uh, Mark Meadows is going to be held in contempt. Oh, yeah, that I should. And he went right for that. But he wouldn't talk about our adversary. What do you think Trump would have done when evidence, overwhelming evidence comes in that it was a laboratory after all? He'd hit him, hit him hard. He knew it. He suspected it. Look, you can still have a relationship. You can still do business, but you got to hold them responsible. Don't you think? Why wouldn't he? Because he's compromised. He's compromised. And I guess the fake news would rather have a compromised Joe Biden plays by their rules than an uncompromised uh, President Trump. Hey, by the way, let's give Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Brian Kilmeade a break. Everyone's saying how dare they. Oh, they were caught. They texted Mark Meadows. 
that the president should issue a statement condemning the violence and calling for peace. Well, the president did. He was all over it. He was probably five steps ahead of Kilmeade, Ingram, and Sean Hannity. Uh, he put out two tweets and a message out loud that said, stop the violence. You got to go home. He said it out loud. I think I actually played that on the Newsmax show. And it's uh, it's right there for everybody to see. I don't fault those three Fox guys for trying to communicate that to the president. I'm just saying the president was really already on it, well ahead of them. That's where his brain is. Uh, let's see. Do we have that? I would love to play it. It doesn't. You remember, don't you? Oh, wait. 39. Go ahead. Obviously, the no, war wrong, is a wrong, big wrong, wrong, fat. Never mind. Um, <clears throat> so Laura Ingram did nothing wrong by asking the president to say something. Neither did uh, kill me. But it's really funny that they're portraying them as the bad guys. What's bad about what they did? Nothing. Even my man Bill O'Reilly is saying they shouldn't have done that. Why not? Why not? We were watching TV. I saw those anchors hyperventilating. I took to Twitter that day and I said a bunch of stuff and I uh, went back to find it. I'm like, what did I say that day? And I'm very proud of what I said on January 6th. You want to hear what I said? Um, does Nancy Pelosi ever talk to the Capitol Police? How do they get on the floor? No way will they escape. Arrest them and then get back to the business of the people. Hear the objections. That's what I was frustrated by. These clowns were on the floor of the Senate and threatening to get into the House. I wanted to hear the objections to the election. You could be for both, against the violence and for the objections. Let's see, what else did I say? So much of what's happening right now is not about what is happening. It is about who is protesting. All right, that actually makes sense. So much of what's happening now isn't about what's happening. It's about Who is protesting? Get it? And then I had a picture of Ali Velshi in front of the flames. The media told us arson was part of a mostly peaceful protest. Then I got a picture of uh, those clowns on the floor of the Senate. And I have two words. Get out. Then I say to the media, media must stop the hype. Because I did notice they were talking about... Um, this calamity. Can you believe these ugly mobs of people? And I'm watching the TV, and what do I see? I don't see ugly mobs of people. I see a great big gathering of people, but I don't see ugly mobs of people. Now, they might think they're ugly because they're Trump supporters and they're waving a flag, but you got to look. Forget this. Don't forget it. But to really understand what happened on January 6th, you have to understand what the president was seeing and what he wasn't seeing. The the footage of the cop getting beaten up with the flagpole, that came out days later. Most of the live footage was people gathered outside the Capitol. And we had some pictures, and that's what I was reacting to, of people on the floor of the Senate later uh, that afternoon. It was like, okay, they should be out, but we did not see those videos from inside until later, let's see here. When members of the Minneapolis, uh, when who remembers when Minneapolis was on fire and Joe Biden couldn't do what we're doing, which is condemning any and all violence? Now back to the objections. Damn, this guy was good. P.S. No idea who's up to no good. It could be anyone. During the summer, I kept hearing it was outside agitators who rioted and everyone else was peaceful. Maybe the same situation doesn't matter. They must stop so the debate can continue. I go on. 
Another tweet from January 6th. This is me, Greg Kelly. No justification for any violence or property damage. The cops must get them. Not sure how many incidents condemn the violence and let the objections on the floor continue. I retweeted President Trump. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. I pointed out this as well. I had the vague feeling that the Capitol is a public building open to the people. The moment a person breaks the law, by all means, cuff them. But in the meantime, this is a public place. It's true. and was often overlooked by the media. Like, wait, how dare they be on the Capitol Hill steps? How dare they be uh, outside the Capitol? Well, they go outside the Capitol all the time. I mean, I'm going to show you some pictures on the uh, show tonight. I've got a great big veterans protest, Vietnam. Um, got a couple of thousand people, including John Kerry, looting and destroying uh, the place, urinating all over the place, throwing back his medals. John Kerry, 1970, was doing that. Uh, in World War One, veterans were not being paid. They uh, were swarming the Capitol. It's okay, actually. It's okay to protest not to break the law. Fair enough, fair enough. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. America 2021. America 2021. What are our priorities as a nation, as a culture? Where is our collective head at right now? I'm talking about mainstream corporate media political culture. Uh, this promise from Joe Biden actually sums it up pretty well. This is where we are. This is where, this is where your, if you work for a big company, this is where their head's at. If you're in the military, this is where their head's at. If you're, um, in the majority in Congress and, uh, or you're working at the White House, this is where your head's at. Are you ready? Joe Biden, what are you thinking? Cut, uh, 24. I also hope Congress will get to my desk. The Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. Your president has you, your back, you young transgender people watching on television. There are three in the country, by the way. And by the way, it's uh, not something to be promoted. It is a disorder. Gender dysphoria is an issue. All right. They're trying to mainstream it. They're trying to make it cool. I think they're pressuring people into adopting this uh, this outlook, uh, self-diagnosing, radical, permanent, mutilating surgery, no going back. It's wrong. It's wrong to promote it. It really is. Uh, so that's 2021. We weren't always like that. We really weren't. How's this for a national priority, huh? Uh, JFK, we all know about JFK now, but man, oh, man, oh, man. Sometimes he was amazing. He got it right. How's this for setting the – where do you think our national priority should be? Around um, uh, telling some uh, fictional transgender kid watching the State of the Union address on TV that Joe Biden has his or her back or something along these lines. Cut 25. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out 
of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the Earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space, and none will be so difficult or expensive to accomplish. What do you think, huh? Something along those lines? Or uh, what did Joe Biden say he's there for? I also hope Congress will get to my desk the Equality Act to protect LGBTQ Americans. For all transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people, you're so brave. I want you to know your president has your back. Um, This is a political suck-up weirdo maneuver, by the way. Hey, everybody should be protected. We already have laws. I don't know really exactly what they're saying there. You know, as a white man in New York State, I could be fired for any reason whatsoever. Any reason whatsoever. I am not what they call protected. But in New York, if you are LGBTQ, woman, uh, wheelchair, you name it, uh, uh, person of color, all kinds of things, you are somehow protected. Um, Look, I don't want anybody targeted for any reason whatsoever. And that's why we have laws. America's not going to be a better place with more laws. Sometimes I think that's the last thing we need. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Okay, the big rumor is she's back. Hillary Clinton, that stunt that she pulled, I really wasn't that interested in it. I'm like, man, she's really lost it when she gave that speech that she didn't get to give if she had won in 2016. Did you see this on the Today Show this weekend? Very weird, but apparently it's all part of a big plot to get her back in the White House. Listen to this. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States together. We will make America even greater than it has ever been. I don't know. Uh, what, was it like? I think the the speech that she wanted to give was like a letter to her mother, her uh, her dead mother, I guess, her late mother, I should say. Sorry, and uh, very strange. And I really shrugged my shoulders. Uh, well, whatever, you know. And uh, but apparently, this is all part of a big plot to get her back in the public eye and get her into. Um, not the White House, but I guess that wherever the vice president lives. That's uh, the Naval Observatory. Well, she'll have an office in the White House. They want Hillary to be the vice president so she can succeed Joe. Uh, the big plan, this is on their wish list. Joe does run for re-election in 2024. I predict they try to keep COVID going all the way through then so they can screw with the election just like they did in 2020. Uh, from what I hear, Hillary is beside herself mad. Like, what she's said to be saying is, look, you cheated for that guy. Why didn't you cheat for me? Hmm? Um, I lost fair and square. Uh, what's up with the fair and square? <laughs> so they want to get her back. And as for, uh, as for Kamala, well, we all know that, uh, Kamala's Kamala, and she's got all kinds of problems, right? 28. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how do you, how, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, she's got issues. Hillary, as I hate to say it, but she's like a thousand times the politician that Kamala Harris is. She's much uh, smarter, 
uh, more skilled. But she's got her supporters there, Kamala Harris, and what they're doing is they're taking aim at, uh, well, me and uh, anyone who criticizes Kamala Harris. This is their go-to now. Oh, Peggy Noonan, she's a brilliant uh, columnist for the Wall Street Journal. She basically said Kamala's, uh, you know, an embarrassment. Everybody knows it. She should really get her act uh, together. And uh, what they do? How? What, what? What do you get when you say something like that about a woman of color? Cut thirty-one. Column essentially saying Vice President Kamala Harris needs to be more humbled. What do you make of that one? Absurd. Absurd. And we've gotten to the point where I'm ready to call this stuff racist and sexist. We've dealt with this for months now. The, the, the criticisms of Kamala Harris are just so far out of pocket. They're not based in any reasonable assessment of her performance. Wait, did you just hear her laughing hysterically, inappropriately, weirdly all over the place? He said it racist and sexist. Now, he's a crazy left wing nut job, uh, but that enhances his power. He says that. And guess what? Uh, the people he competes with, especially if they're white, they get really timid. They get really shy and most of them back down. The moment somebody plays the race card, it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. Hey, you know who else does this in a weird way? Actually, I like the guy. It's not, but okay. He just said something about race. You know, he called it, it's racist to attack and everybody else gets nervous and they shut up. Uh, you know who does a version of this? Bill Maher. Um, <laughs> when he's interviewing somebody, what he said, okay, now that's just, you're just full of blanking blank. When he starts cursing, everybody shuts up. You know, when he has like a, you know, just a regular run of the mill author on or, you know, some uptight Republican, and they hear Bill Maher curse in public in front of people. I mean, people curse, but they curse, you know, under their breath or amongst the guys. You don't do it on a talk show. And when he does it, it's actually very clever. He, uh, uh, oh, but here's, now listen to this. This is a white woman you're about to hear. Her name is Nicole Wallace. What a piece of work she is. She worked in the Bush White House. She helped uh, lie and sell that whole fantasy about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Then she worked for Sarah Palin, stabbed her in the back, stabbed her in the front, stabbed her in the head. Terrible, terrible person out for herself. I'm sure she's nice uh, at home with the kids and her boyfriend, but uh, let's see here. Somebody criticized Kamala Harris in a column a while back, and uh, this is her reaction. Talk about virtue sailing. Oh, by the way, I should point out that she is a white woman, and listen to how she – and she's a Republican, or at least conservative. She was a Republican, worked for W. Listen how, to how she talks about female Republicans. Got 32. When you're a white woman and you're a Republican, there's just certain stuff culturally that you don't know jack bleep about. And you should keep your mouth shut when other people dance. I mean, what is that line in there about dancing to a drumbeat? This, to me, felt tone deaf. It felt nasty. It felt personal. And it felt bitchy. Ah, takes one and no one, Nicole. She was on the set of The View for a few months. How about that? You don't know. Oh, you... Think about that. Every time you want to shut up, you got to shoot your mouth off. Let the criticism come. All right? Get used to the criticism. Don't be afraid of the cancel culture. I know it's easier said than done, but you can't let bullies like this win. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. 
Uh, telephones, telephones. Uh, Larry in Cranford, New Jersey. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. The um, LGBTQ alphabet. Uh, if, I don't know if you know anything more about it than I do. Lesbian is L, and that's a female homosexual. Gay is G. That's a male homosexual. But gay could also apply to female homosexuals. So for them to have a lesbian designation, that's almost a little unfair, wouldn't you think? Oh, it's Why totally unfair. Have... We should write a letter. What do you What do you get? The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, come on. What the do, whole thing. I, Why, I no, 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 no. I mean, look. Okay. I mean, yes, one is I, – I, I do think uh, – well, keep going in the alphabet because there are more interesting things the further you get. Keep going. Right. So bi, I understand. Bisexual, you yes. Be, you can be non-homosexual with somebody of the opposite sex but be homosexual with somebody of the same sex, and that's bi. Trans, I don't get it all. If you've, tra- if you've transferred over, you are now that gender. So I don't even know why you need the T. Well, you might Unless be I, you might be in between. You might be uh, going through the hormonal therapy, and you may not have. Uh, and by the way, you're not supposed to ask people who identify as transgender what the situation is. I had one yes. transgender person say, when I try to figure that out, they said, "You got to take me to dinner first before you ask me about my genitals." <laughs> And I found that and they said that on television. They thought they were being very cute. And I said, well, quite frankly, it doesn't work that way on a first date. You don't ask anybody about their genitals. But anyway. Usually you don't. But to me, unless you fully have. How do you say hey, this? Hey, what's the cue for? What's the cue? Hey, yeah, Larry, what's the cue for? Well, when I was growing up, cue really meant gay. I mean, as somebody who was homosexual, okay. I'm going to just say this because that's how it was when I was growing up. The person was a queer, and that's kind of the way it was. So I have no idea what the Q means. Yeah, well, it means queer or questioning. And queer, interestingly enough, has lost its pejorative. I know how you used it back in the playground, and that was pejorative. Yeah. But now it's uh, – I'm a little fuzzy on its meaning as well. But look, I mean, I wouldn't get worked up on it. I mean, I might roll my eyes and then move on. Hey, if you want to if you want to hear a very funny bit about this, look up Dave yeah. Chappelle – LGBTQ uh, description. He breaks it all down, and what you know, what there. I, I guess one from every community. Okay. He goes on a on a ride with him in a Volkswagen, and he explains the right. whole thing about their attitudes, and it's very funny and actually very insightful. Larry, thank you. Uh, Ray in New Jersey. Hey, what's going on, Greg? How much? All right, um, you were talking about January 6th. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't one of Barack Obama's mentors, wasn't he in the weather underground, and didn't they bomb the Capitol? Uh, Bill Ayers, uh, yes, yeah. was a uh, influential person in Barack Obama's political career, and he had a role in bombing the Pentagon, and he's owned oh, up to Pentagon it. Was, okay. And he said once publicly that the only thing we did wrong, we didn't plant enough bombs. He said that out loud. So the hypocrisy knows no bounds. Ayers, yeah, Bill Ayers. Yep, 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 yep. He, uh, uh, a full-blown terrorist who I think right now is a professor and actually, you know, shows up on TV. But again, if you're from the left, it's okay. If you're from the right, it's okay. not okay. By the way, I think if you're a terrorist on the left or the right, it's terrible. Thank you. Uh, and one more. We got Brian in uh, Ohio. Hi. We're in Ohio. Hey. Uh, near Cleveland. Uh, that's near the lake, right? Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, a couple miles from here. So what's up? So no, so you mentioned your Lego Saturn V a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So I, well, my wife got me one for Christmas a few years ago, and like you said, it's amazing. It's got all the stages, the lamb, the command module. So I put it all together, right? Yeah. You, you, you know, you put yours together. I know. It's kind of a pain. I... The engine, it's like, like you got to – no one's ever going to see it. you got to build the stuff on the inside. It's really right. involved. It's kind of crazy, yeah. but it's fun. So yeah. what happened? It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So where did I – when I get done, where did I put it? On the mantle in our living room. And my wife wasn't happy either. <laughs> well, it's just a matter of time before it fell down, right? Well, no, it stayed up. But the funny thing is, is where it is now, is it's in the office where she has to work every day. Let's face it. That thing is beautiful. It doesn't look like just a, a random silly toy. It, no, it's, no, it, not it, at all. Yeah, it's a replica of the most amazing vehicle ever created, the Saturn V rocket. I'm going to get me another one this uh, this uh, Christmas. Hopefully, hopefully. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Hey, seriously, uh, my wallet is still out there somewhere. I mean, come on. I got a I got a pretty robust Twitter account. I've got a TV show. I've got uh, this thing, and I've been putting the word out there. Return the wallet. I'm not screwing around anymore. I'm getting very, very upset about this. I know you've got it. You can go ahead and return it. No questions asked. Although, if you hold it for much longer and you bring it back, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. All right? So uh, do the right thing. I know – I want to say I know who you are, but I only have a hunch who you are, so I can't say that anymore. But something's going on, something weird, and something we- – well, do I want to – no. Real quick. Um, uh, why are they talking about January 6th? It's uh, their uh, 50th attempt to get Trump, not only get Trump, get his supporters. You know, they tried with the Russia hoax, but when you started really listening to the Russia hoax, nobody could understand it. You know, Carter Page, Ukraine, what the hell's going on? Nobody knew. It was way too, you know, the, uh, just uh, the wiretaps, the FISA court. People don't have time for that. They They just don't. It's not... I read the entire still stupid Mueller report when it finally came out. It's, it's ridiculous. It was all a hoax. But the weeds of it, normal people couldn't and shouldn't bother with it. All right? So they know that didn't work. And then they, they seized upon the Ukraine phone call. Remember President Trump with President Zelensky? And again, I'm sorry, but with all these Ukrainian names, Yovanovitch, Yanovich, all this stuff, it all blended together. Nobody could tell what the hell was going on. And the American people didn't. They sensed, though, that there was nothing there. Just like Watergate, by the way. Watergate was was very complex. But the people sensed that there was something wrong. And they were right. There was something wrong. Now, there was something wrong with Johnson and <laughs> and Kennedy and all of them. They all did it, but Nixon got caught. That's true. But um, they sensed. They had the good sense. The American people have sense, good sense. And we sensed that there was nothing there with the Ukraine stuff as well. And there truly was nothing there, especially when he put out the – but it was all very still at the same time confusing. January 6th is less confusing. You know, big riot got out of control and Trump incited it. That's what they say. Now, they're wrong, uh, very wrong. In fact, they may have had a hand in inciting it themselves, sparking it, encouraging it, throwing fuel on the fire. You know, I went back and I found 
other protests in Washington, D.C. There was a huge one around the Pentagon in like 1968. They got 100,000 people. And one guy, some Buddhist monk, actually set himself on fire. I mean, it was total chaos. But what you know what they had? They had rows upon rows of armed National Guard troops guarding the building. They, they, they formed a perimeter around the entire building. Nobody could pass. Isn't that a smart thing to do? What did they do on uh, January 6th? They put one cop out there, the little one, who said, everybody come this way. They did. They're not asking about that. Instead, uh, what's the issue du jour? Um, hey, listen to how Liz Cheney says this. She says it like it's a, like it's a crime, like it's a I, – I think this is totally fine. It shows you that there was no insurrection, uh, that Donald Trump did not want anything bad to happen like this. Uh, go ahead. Cut 33. As the violence continued, one of the president's sons texted Mr. Meadows, quote, He's got to condemn this ASAP. The Capitol Police tweet is not enough, Donald Trump Jr. texted. Donald Trump Jr. texted again and again, urging action by the president. Quote, we need an Oval Office address. He has to lead now. It has gone too far and gotten out of hand, end quote. But hours passed without necessary action by the president. Well, number one, that's a lie. It wasn't hours, actually. After Donald Trump Jr. put out that tweet, the president tweeted again, calling for peace. Twitter, the president's Twitter account is not some sort of operational account. It's uh, It was a way for, to get thoughts out. You know, you, this is not a way to get people to do things necessarily in the moment. But he did put out a statement. It wasn't hours later. It was uh, around 4 o'clock that afternoon. Cut 35. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. That's pretty, that's pretty direct, isn't it? You can't hang this on Trump. This is all – it's going to evaporate January 6th one day. It will. Just like the Russia hoax evaporated, just like the Ukraine thing uh, it all evaporated, and and this will uh, someday as well. Um, but they're trying. They're trying. Now, listen, it sounds ominous, but really listen to what Liz Cheney is getting at here. It's so flimsy. What they're going to try to do, what they're saying that Trump did or may not have done to obstruct Congress. It sounds ominous, but it's a joke. Liz Cheney, Republican from Wyoming, yes, Daughter of Vice President Cheney, architect of the Iraq War, 36. Did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes? Ooh. Obstruct their ability to count electoral votes. Well, a filibuster. (laughs) People try to... Account, obstruct counting of votes every single day. All right. You come up with new legislation. You modify things. You table things. Parliamentary procedure is meant to do what she just said all the time. It's done all the time. 
All right. So you know how it works. Do you? On Election Day, we go out and vote. But we're not actually voting directly for the president. We're voting for electors to elect the president. And those votes go to the state capitol, and the state capitol sends those uh, electoral votes uh, to the seat of the United States government, which is Washington, D.C., the Congress. And then those boxes are opened up. On this day, they were, uh, this year, they were supposed to be opened up on January 6th. They were. And then they're counted. All right. Now, she just alleged that the president tried to obstruct the counting. Again, actually, if you have a problem, if you're suspicious of the validity of those votes, objecting is perfectly legal and constitutional. It's been codified. It's called the Electoral Count Act of 1887. You can look it up. It's there. And guess what? Democrats invoke it all the time, all the time. In January of 2017, I think it might have been January 6th of 2017, guess what they were doing? Count. They were about to count the electoral votes. They were going to count them all up. But a Democrat of Maryland named Jamie Raskin, who, by the way, led the impeachment, the second impeachment against Donald Trump, <laughs> just totally ironic, gets up and says, no, I object. He's trying to impede the count of the electoral votes. This actually happened. You're going to hear him speak. And then you'll hear Joe Biden speak because he's the president of the Senate at the same time as vice president. Cut 37. Uh, I have an objection because 10 of the 29 electoral votes cast by Florida were cast by electors not lawfully certified. Is the objection in writing and signed not only by the member of the House of Representatives, but also by a senator? It is in writing, Mr. President. Is it signed by a senator? Not as of yet, Mr. President. In that case, the objection cannot be entertained. So Jamie Raskin was trying to stop the counting of electoral votes. It's legal. He wanted to to debate the issue, but he did not have a senator to back him up. Fast forward to 2021, January 6th. Guess what? The concerns about election fairness were more serious, more widespread, more members of Congress, more U.S. senators. And here's that moment. Is this a threat to democracy or are they just carrying out democracy? Cut 38. I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. Yay. Um, that's the way the Electoral Count Act uh, goes. And then they adjourned, I think, for two hours to actually debate it. But unfortunately, all hell was breaking loose outside. It's one of the reasons why I objected to the violence, because I wanted what just happened to continue to happen. But because the mainstream media reported it, misreported it as uh, the worst thing that ever happened since uh, the War of 1812, people like uh, Senator... Loeffler, I think, of Georgia, totally lost it, panicked, and caved. And they would not perform their, what I believe was their constitutional duty. I do know that it was their constitutional right to stand up and object, join forces with members of the House. It's part of the law. But now they're trying to say this is the word. It's such a lie. 
It really does bother me. And, and you know, Liz Cheney spoke with a great deal of venom yesterday. You got to understand where the venom's coming from. It's personal between her and Trump. Personal. Between so many rhinos, by the way, the the swamp, the bushes, the Cheneys, uh, who else? Uh, the intelligentsia, David Frum, the guy who wrote the Axis of Evil speech, uh, Brooks. See, all these people, a lot of, actually, yes, all these people, they were for the Iraq war. They wrote editorials supporting the war in Iraq. We got to go into Iraq. We must invade Iraq. In 2002, they were saying that they were making the case. And Trump knew it was a mistake. Now, he knew it was a mistake at the time, and I can prove it to you. But when he ran for president, he was also the guy who was not afraid to call it out. I couldn't believe that Jeb Bush was actually the front runner. George W. Bush's little brother, he was the heir apparent. He was the guy. It was going to be him. Why? Because he was slightly smarter, they said, than W. That's it. What else about him? From an electoral-rich state, but he was for the Iraq war invasion. All the Republicans were. And Donald Trump did not have that going against him. He didn't vote for it. And he could call it for what it was, a disaster, a big, fat mistake. And this is possibly the moment where he totally won me over. This is the debate. uh, Where was this? I think South Carolina. Valentine's Day 2016. He's on stage right next to Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, little Marco, the whole crew. And he lays into them all about Iraq. Cut 39. Obviously, the war was a big, fat mistake. All right. It was a mistake. The war in Iraq, we spent two trillion dollars, thousands of lives. We don't even have it. Iran is taking over Iraq with the second largest oil reserves in the world. Obviously, it was a mistake. So George Bush made a mistake. We can make mistakes. But that one was a beauty. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized the Middle East. (laughs) You know, sometimes when you say the truth out loud, what do they call it? The quiet part out loud. And you're really like he was right. And they were dumbfounded. How do you respond to that? Nobody can dispute that. And he had the freedom and the ability to say it. Say it out loud. And that's why, that's why I'm telling you more than anything, Liz Cheney is getting up there saying things like cut 36. Did Donald Trump, through action or inaction, corruptly seek to obstruct or impede Congress's official proceedings to count electoral votes? (gasps) Just like Jamie Raskin did. Oh, uh, Capitol Hill police, by the way, they're still as screwed up as ever before. I guess the new thing in policing is to have uh, female black police chiefs. They've had one at the Capitol Hill police. Now we're going to get one here in New York City. Um, no one's saying that these are the most qualified people to have these jobs. They're just making a big thing. It's the first woman. It's the first woman of color. It's the first that we are over that as a country. And it's so disrespectful to these women, I believe. Now, Chief, what's her name again? Sewell could someday be a police commissioner, maybe when she's 60, but not when she's never led a department, never led an organization (laughs) one one thousandth the size of 
New York City Police Department. It's kind of insane. Hey, but we we elected a pothead mayor. He's an overt pothead, by the way, Eric Adams. Um, yes, I know, I know. You got to give him a break, Greg. You got to give him a chance. Well, so far, <laughs> not good. Not good at all. How many times do I give a guy a chance who promises he's going to smoke weed and show up to work high? No. When you when you telegraph that, I start planning your ouster. I start planning your recall. Okay? Guy like that doesn't deserve the job. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Who's addicted to their silly phone? Oh, boy. They really have figured out how to get inside our head and rearrange the uh, circuitry so you don't want to be away from that dumb thing. I personally can't stand it. I was thinking today, I can't stand it. I don't like looking at the uh, the Internet. I don't like it, but I can't stop doing it. Do you have this problem? Am I, I don't think I'm the only one. And kids, kids, kids. One of those kids told me, he said, actually... It's not so bad with us. It's worse for you. I'm like, what do you mean? And he said, well, you use it for work and everything else. We just use it for everything else. We don't have jobs yet. <laughs> it's like, wow, you got a point there. You know, they really weren't using it. Um, I guess he wasn't using it for school. They were using it for, uh, you know, all fun and games. Whereas I use it for fun and games and work and fun and games and other things. So you know what I mean. And I can't stand those. Other- I don't want to be on the phone as much as I am. Do you guys feel this? Let me know. Oh, and I have to say this. Uh, we're talking about the cops, and we love cops. I love law and order. Oh, and guess what? And we're going to show her tonight. There is a total, until yesterday, well, until the day before yesterday, the mayor of San Francisco was a total lunatic nut job. You know, defund the police. They stink. You know, just, uh, oh, we're going to up with the people, down with the cops. And then she had an awakening. An aha moment. I don't know what the hell happened to her, but she got up in front of all the press at City Hall and said, we got to stop the BS. This is out of control. We have to restore law and order, and we have to back the cops. I couldn't believe it. I mean, this was one of the absolute nut jobs. And so our plan tonight is I'm just going to play the new and improved Mayor Breed, I think her name is Breed from, do you, can you find that for me, by the way? Breed from San Francisco. Because um, what I'm not going to do is play all the sound from the last year where she was saying all this crazy crap. I played that crazy crap before, bemoaning it. But now that she's seen the light, I'm not going to kick her words back at her. Because you know what? I want other, I want other lunatics to regain their sanity and support the cops and law and order and get rid of the crime. Because if I make a big deal out of, you know, what she used to say and kick kick her face with the sand of her words, I think others might be more reluctant to come forward and, and make a switch. You know what I mean? So I give her a hell of a lot of credit. All right? I don't like what she did, but I like what she de- just did. Make sense? I hope so. But by the way, not all cops, of course, are good. We got some really bad cops out there, a handful, but they're out there. And the worst right now are some of those Capitol Hill cops. You know, the Trump haters who went up on uh, for that hearing, and they just think that they're, they all think that they're kings of the world now. They're going on CNN. This is Harry Dunn, the big 
gigantic cop. He is so huge. He's like seven feet tall and 400 pounds. I've never seen anything, quite frankly, like it. But you tell me, does this sound like a cop or does it sound like a congressman, like a, a politician? Now, he's a police officer. He's supposed to be guarding the, the members of Congress. And he talks like this. I don't think this is right. Go ahead. You got it, pal? Yeah, that's the thing that did Dino cut. Yeah, go ahead. What surprised you, Harry, about what you heard? Oh, that's the thing. I really wasn't surprised. Uh, I, I mean, I guess I try to be, like, fact-based. Uh, I had my suspicions, but the text just confirmed what I thought, you know, that <laughs> you guys are lying and you knew how bad it really was. So, um, You guys are lying. You knew how bad it really was. This is a police officer. He's talking about members of Congress, and he's talking about cable news hosts. Harry Dunn and Officer Fanone and Officer Hodges and Officer Gunnell should quit their jobs and go see if CNN or MSNBC will hire you as uh, talking heads. Two of you will get jobs. The other two won't because you can't talk. I've heard you. I'm sorry. You can't. It's not your thing. It's okay. Maybe you could go work for MoveOn.org. Maybe you could be a security guard for uh, Pink Lives Matter or something like that. Now, the fake news will snatch you up. The fake news will continue to exploit people like Harry Dunn. Come on in, say what we want you to say, and leave. Harry Dunn has no business being a cop. None of those guys do. I'm sorry. I am sorry. And when the hell are they going to start talking about the obvious failures of law enforcement on January 6th? Now, part of them, they may have been set up by Nancy Pelosi. I don't have all the answers. I just have questions. I've seen, you've seen it. I've seen it. What led to that failure? I knew there was going to be trouble. January 6th was going to be a dicey day. Why didn't they get ready for it? Why were they ready for it in 1968 at the Pentagon? Why were they ready for it in 1918 at the, at the, at the Capitol? Huge protests. The Veterans Bonus March. Police actually opened fire on some of the veterans. It was a horrible, horrible scene. They never got into the Capitol, though. How did they get in? You know what I mean? It's inexplicable unless they wanted them in. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Joe in Long Island. Hello. Hello, Greg. Uh, Eric Adams and this new commissioner, Yeah, they have only one qualification, their race. That's it. That's their shtick. Without that, they're nothing. Like MSNBC, you're not righteous unless you're a certain race. And uh, as far as the Capitol Police, uh, why? Why it's it's curious that four committed suicide was was uh, Hillary Clinton involved in that? Because everybody seems to either die in a uh, a robbery where they leave your Rolex watch in your wallet, or in a plane crash, or sitting on a park bench. Uh, Hey, uh, look, the suicide, the suicides, uh, suicides happen. Uh, they do. Not four, not four in that short time for that small force. It is a very small force. Wait, 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 wait. just hold on a second. I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say I know. Wait, 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 Joe. Hold on. One thing I will not accept, though, is when they say those suicides are somehow casualties of January 6th. They try to put those suicides or whatever happened to those guys 
on the protesters. On the protesters. I don't know that that's what they're telling us. They don't belong as as war officers. You don't wait. Hold on, Joe. Hold Joe. You don't. don't, We don't. There's too much we don't know here. Uh, I'm suspicious. I'm very suspicious. Hey, Joe, what do you think we're trying to do? All right. Look, this is all what we how we find out is 2022. 2022. We send Republicans in and maybe then we'll get a fair hearing. Uh, Let's see here. Randy in uh, where the hell are you? I'm up in Croton on the Hudson, New York. Why do they say Croton on the Hudson? It sounds so hoity-toity. Why do they say that? Why don't they just say Croton? Uh, we are a hoity-toity neighborhood. Is it no, really? Not. No, not at all. All right, no, so what's no, up? No. I, I'm, I, I'm calling because I heard you say before uh, that you thought that everybody knows that the Blasio smoked pot showing up to work. And if that was the case, that you would orchestrate his removal type of thing. But for God's sake, he's been doing it for, since he got the job. And he's only got two weeks left. No, you mix, you misunderstood. I was talking about Eric Adams. Eric Adams Eric. has Eric Adams has boasted publicly about smoking pot. He did it with Stephen Colbert on television, and oh. this is the kind of guy that should not be mayor. You can't, no. you can't, you like I. It's been way too easily embraced by the country. Legalized pot. Goodness gracious, the example he's setting for kids. The last thing we need are more kids stoned. In New York City. I wasn't talking about de Blasio. I was talking about Adams. I agree. But what do you expect when he was on that that debate with Curtis? Curtis gave de Blasio a a D minus. And and Adams gave him a B plus. So they must be sharing a bag here and there. Who knows? (laughs) Well, look, the way this rigged system works, you know, Adams got three votes in 10 on one day in June. Three votes in 10. In one Democrat primary and ranked choice voting and all that rigmarole and he's the mayor. No way. Randy, thank you. I've got one more. Uh, uh, Mary Beth, where on Long Island are you? In Huntington. How are you, Greg? Terrific. What's going on? First of all, belated congratulations on the birth of your second child. Thank you. And best to you and your family. Um, I'm a little nervous. Greg, what's what? with this San Francisco mayor? Is she up for re-election? Are the Democrats getting scared of 2022 that they have to start appealing to people like us? I'm nervous. What are you nervous about? Well, I don't want her to win again. I don't want any Democrats hey, in again, uh, but right. I don't trust them. I'm well, sorry. Wait. All right. So you're talking about what I said the mayor breed of San Francisco said. And here, let me play... Uh, we have it right here. This is what she said. Again, she's a lunatic, nutjob, left-wing psycho. But yesterday she said this, and quite frankly, I'm encouraged. Go ahead. It is time that the reign of criminals who are destroying our city, it is time for it to come to an end. And it comes to an end when we take the steps to be more aggressive with law enforcement, more aggressive with the changes in our policies. And less tolerant of all the that has destroyed our city. We are going to turn this around. This is a city that has a population of less than one million people with an over $12 billion budget. The residents of this city have been extremely generous in providing us with the resources we need to make a difference. And now 
the priorities we need to make must be to protect them, must be to turn things around in their neighborhoods. So what's the problem, Mary Beth? I mean, I don't even know when she's up for re-election. Who cares? Uh, I mean, she seems to have seen the light, don't you think? Uh, You're encouraged. I'm suspicious. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, if she's honest about this, may God bless her. But, you know, all of a sudden, I think you're going to see all these little Democrats coming together and the light's going to come on and then they're reelected and the light's going to go off again. That's how I feel. I'm sorry. Well, here's what's going to happen, though. This is why I don't think your theory is correct, because if they start pushing a message that's more mainstream, more appealing to people like us who support, you know, rational thought and law and order. It's going to antagonize their left wing hardcore supporters like AOC. They're more worried, congressional uh, Democrats, that is, about the AOC wing than that mayor is. That mayor has one constituency. Do you know what I mean? So I actually believe her. Uh, they're not going to do this as a fake out. I, you know, look, I, I could be wrong, but I'm, 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 I'm cautiously optimistic for San Francisco. All right. I got to take a quick break. I'm going to get some turkey that we have here in honor of, uh, Christmas, uh, the Christmas season. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. I wonder if it's really necessary for presidents to go to disaster zones and walk around. I mean, it's kind of like you can see it on the news. I mean, is it really necessary? I don't know. The weather's at fault. What do you do? What do you do? Is he going to change policy as a result of this? I mean, there's a time and a place for presidents to lead and to go and to, to console a community. Like possibly in the aftermath of the worst racist attack in the last 50 years or so, one of them, when the driver, Daryl Brooks, allegedly drove his car into a Christmas parade of, I think, 99.9% Caucasian people, killed six of them, horrible, and according to his social media profile, this would be a racist attack. And not a word about it. And you know, you know who just showed up 46 days later? Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady. They're going to sneak her in there. Why? Because the great New York Post, one of the greatest papers in the world, maybe the greatest paper in the world. What's better than the New York Post? Did a cover story over the weekend, the forgotten Waukesha. Again, <laughs> this is really, really horrific stuff. We all saw it, and then the media, they want us to forget it real, real fast. We, we, we must not. We must not. Oh, um, I told you about Jeff Bezos. You know, the ticket for him to go into outer space with his three friends who happen to be all white, you know, you can't do that anymore. Four white people can't do a cool thing anymore. You got to have diversity. Oh, uh-oh, you, you you're, you're uncomfortable. Wait, we don't have enough diversity here. You seen the new Sex in the City show? The only way they could do that is by hiring a bunch of people of color and giving them all these convoluted backstories that we don't care about because we tune in to see Big and Carrie and Miranda and Charlotte and all their stupid antics. Now it's a totally different show, although, honestly, I'm kind of enjoying it. 
But here's Jeff Bezos back from space. And uh, he's just back from space. And he announces the first thing he does is he writes a $100 million check. (laughs) The Civility Award. Are you ready for this? Cut 29. We need unifiers and not vilifiers. We want people who argue hard and act hard for what they truly believe. But they do that always with civility. We have two awardees today. They'll each be getting $100 million to direct to the charities of their choice as they see fit. The first uh, Courage and Civility Award goes to Van Jones. Van, come on up. Van Jones was fired by the Biden administration because he was too left-wing. I'm sorry, by the Obama administration because he was too left-wing for them. He was a socialist nutjob. Obama got rid of him. And then he became a vicious talking head on CNN. He said that the election of Donald Trump in 2016 was a white lash because white people were so mad that we had a black president. This is what Van Jones thinks. This is what literally Mr. Civility gets $100 million for saying this. Here he is. Some woman's asking him a question about how things work on Capitol Hill. This is in 2008. What does Van Jones say? What's the answer here? Go ahead. Cut 30. How were, how were the Republicans able to prove when they had less than 60 senators, but somehow we can't? Well, the answer to that is they're <laughs> Republicans are a-holes. And Barack Obama's not an a-hole. This is Mr. Civility. Mr. Civility himself. Give him $100 million for his civility. Now, he's really getting $100 million because, well, he is black. And he presents well. And he has values that are in sync, uh, well, publicly stated values, talks a good game. It's just incredible, incredible the madness that's happening. The elites, by the way, they're the ones who are most uncomfortable with people who do not look like them. All right? Like Jeff Bezos at Princeton and all that stuff. And you look at where he came from and what he did, where he was in life. Um, Probably had very little to do with people of color. But if you grew up working class, like I did, uh, people of color, whether you're a person of color, people of color, white people, whatever, we all kind of mixed. We played football together. We joined the military together. All right? We worked at Roosevelt Field together. We worked in the basement of Bloomingdale's together. It wasn't a big deal. But for the elite, hyper-educated class, ooh, Ooh, Van Jones. So interesting. Give him $100 million. He looks so good in that necktie. Uh, Gail in Cortland Manor, how do you do? Greg, Greg. Gail, Gail, yes. <laughs> how are you? Uh, Merry Christmas, all that. Um, I have a little teeny tiny bone to pick with you. Well, good. I'm glad you're calling because I've got a beef with you as well. What? Well, um, Governor Hochul, now I'm not talking about her politically, but you keep harping on her hair. Yes. Now, women love their hair. It's very important to them. It's their crowning glory. 
And I'm sure men feel that way about their hair, too. So why do you pick on something so unimportant? Well, wait a second. I pick on her for the mandates. I pick on her for declaring that phony state of emergency and canceling elective surgery. I pick on her for uh, spending all of her time at the beauty parlor as well. Yes, I do. I feel like she's in it. I feel like she's in it for the wrong reasons. And you can kind of tell. I also feel, and I picked on her for this, for her weak resume that is totally bereft of any significant accomplishment that would make her worthy of this big job. Do you know what she did before she became lieutenant governor? She was a clerk. Yes, and what else? Uh, I don't know. She was a one-term member of Congress. She managed to not get reelected to Congress. Do you know how hard that is? It's pretty hard. So, uh, and the icing on the cake, a la mode style, is the uh, obsession with her appearance. Um, now, you could say it's, uh, is it superficial? Yes, but you know what? It's part of the equation for me. There, I said it. It's not just, uh, it's not just, it's not, it's, sometimes you get a feel for these things. I see a very vain person. I'm sorry. I do. And I call but it out. All, all people are vain to a certain degree. No, uh, Excessive vain is an issue. A vanity. Excessive vanity. And that's what I see there. And I see okay. it in a lot of politicians, by the way. A lot of politicians. I see it in a lot of people in general. Okay, number two. What, um, is this another beef? Yeah. Tiny, oh, tiny, was, tiny what? beef. Eric Adams. Let's all hang up on her. No, what? no, no. What, no. what about Eric so, Adams? What about Eric, Eric Adams? Adams. Um, let's give the man a chance. You're browbeating him before he's even mayor. Before he's even mayor. Before he's even mayor. I know the guy, uh, Gail. I don't know if you do, but I know him. All right? So I know what's in store. And that's why I'm not gung-ho about Eric Adams. And you don't even have to know him. You could watch him on the Stephen Colbert show as he giddily talks about lighting up weed with him backstage right after the show and he comes with his own pot and his own rolling papers it's going to be fun what the hell was he doing in ghana africa he's about to take on the biggest job in the world and he went to africa to chill out with his uh with his pals what the hell is that all about (laughs) no i mean i'm sorry hey he's the mayor elect of new york city and the right. scrutiny starts now. All right. But but weed, I associate, is equal to me. It's equal to having a drink. You know the what? same thing. Come down, uh, Gail. I know you're upstate. Come down to New York. When you smell it on every corner, you see every kid doing it. And, you know, having been uh, – well, I, I was a drinker for a yeah. time. And I've mm-hmm. I've also tried pot. And let me tell mm-hmm. you something. It's it's uh, It's – it's not a. It's not like a drink, all right. And by the way, the pot today is like, is literally a hundred times more potent. I don't know how old you were, but more potent than what they were smoking at Woodstock in 1969. It's stronger, yeah. It is incredibly stronger, and it's a gateway drug. It is absolutely no, a gateway. It is absolutely a gateway no, drug. I don't think so. Talk to Doctor Sabet. Talk to Doctor Sabet. Talk to the drug czar. They have data that shows this, that establishes it. 
And now they're shoving it down everybody's throat this pot. All right, Gail. I'll get I'll get back to you about my grievance with Gail. I got to come up with one. I love Gail. She lives up there where uh, Jackie Gleason used to live up in uh, Peekskill. All right, I got to go. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. The organizer of We Are the World, Ken Cragen. Dead at 85. I thought Bob Geldof organized We Are the World. We are the world. We are the children. We are the ones who make a brighter day. So let's start giving. They're all people dying. Right? Remember that? Who the hell is Ken Creighton? I guess he's the music producer. I never heard of him. Oh, wait. Bob, Bob Geldof, he started Live Aid. There was a European version of this. This was all in response to the famine in Ethiopia. Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, everybody. It was a really, it was kind of great. Bruce Springsteen, I think Bob Geldof was in, uh, no, uh, Bob, uh, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. Uh, wait, there was some other thing. Oh, uh, we already played the exponentially clip. We'll skip that for now. Um, excuse me, tonight on the show, um, we're going to uh, – I got to get going. Boy, oh, boy. I got a lot of content to fill. No, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to put January 6th into real context. I'm going to show you that PolitiFact, the favorite fact checker of the uh, left-wing Democrat Party, is in fact a uh, an organization that peddles in lies. Uh, the Joe Biden-China uh, angle. Remember today – I don't know if you've seen it, but we'll show you. There is new – a new report that really solidifies, confirms that the coronavirus came from that laboratory in Wuhan, that it was engineered by Chinese scientists and uh, it leaked out. We know that a new expert uh, from MIT just testified as much before the parliament in the UK. Joe Biden was asked about this this morning on his way to who knows where he was going crawl into the helicopter. I was going to Kentucky. And they said, you know, we have this new report that China is responsible and uh, all these deaths, 8 million deaths. What do you say? He laughed and walked away and took a question on uh, the real pressing matter of the moment. Mark Meadows. And what did he know? And who told him what? And all that stuff. All right. I am. I got to say goodbye to everybody real quick. Uh, David. Oh, shoot. I know what he's going to say. I'm not that interested. David in Queens. What's up? Hey, uh, first of all, thanks for your service. And uh, I really got w- one point. I know you you talk about Eric Adams, and I've I've listened to you before. And you never you always were against Adams, even in, over uh, that other guy, uh, Andrew Yang. Yeah. You know, so far Eric Adams has definitely said the right things. Wouldn't you agree? He stood up to that uh, BLM Hawk Newsom fellow. You know, that's pretty impressive. Most liberals, you know, would just dodge it. And just say, you know, we'll work with him and this and that. So you know, tell me, so tell me, tell me something. I saw the video, and what else has he done other than fool you, know, you? Okay, so maybe he's fooling me, but at least you know he's saying the right things. You may be right, but at least he's saying the right things. Well, what is he saying? Actually, give me quote him, quote him. He he, he said that he's the, he's he uh, Hawk Newsom said he was going to burn this city down and or something like that and he said I don't know the exact quote maybe you know yeah, it well no well you don't know he, Hawk Newsom did not say it. he said that after he left Hawk Newsom said that after he left 
He didn't say that. He didn't no say one... it to his face. He he, he, he he got impatient with a guy. I would have thrown that guy out of the office in two minutes. Instead, he listened to him for forty-five minutes. I mean, okay, so You're that's your that. that's your that's that's that, that's point. it. That's it. Eric Adams uh, kicked Hawk Newsom out of his office. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm I'm I've been totally wrong on Eric Adams, David. Thank you. Uh, Agnes, very quickly. Oh, you're in the laundromat. Uh, it's time you get a new washer and dryer for yourself. A washing machine and a dryer, don't you think? Agnes? Hello? Uh, um, I'm sorry. I live in a little house now. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.